from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's Tiny House Podcast, and I'm Perry. And I'm MJ. And this is Mark. And this is the clipped edition. Wow, I'm so, my mic is so nice and warm, I can talk from way far away. That's nice. It is nice. So I can adjust that. Ex- I got no, it's fine. I'm used to it, like <laughs> r- massaging my lips while I talk. I, I don't know what that means, and I don't think I want to know what that means. I mean, no, I don't even have a comeback. <laughs> I don't even have a comeback for that one. Speaking of comeback, welcome back, uh, listeners. Uh, we're going to go into our banter now. Um, <laughs> this is the banner section. The banter section. <laughs> answering about what's happening with the tiny house movement money is just draining from the swamp trump's draining the swamp the tiny house (laughs) swamp swamp. (laughs) it's like people are people are running into financial trouble uh organizations are losing the revenue i'm not going to mention any names but we were talking to a prominent tiny house builder entity entity recently who mentioned that uh i don't want to get too specific because people will be able to know who i'm talking about whose revenue stream has decreased significantly. And so um, we've had to change our relationship with them. You guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to follow one of the many other people out there. I'm putting an entire second mortgage out in my house, and I'm putting it all into Bitcoin, baby. Dude! <laughs> That's what people are doing right nope, now. No, I know. I mean, Bitcoin's skyrocketing. It's like 12000 13000 per token right yeah. now. I'm going to do that. It's Half of it's going into Bitcoin, half's going into Tulips. Why tulips? <laughs> well, tulips is the thing that exploded 200 years ago where people were putting that, what it amounted to hundreds and thousands into tulips. Real and tulips, it, the plant? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then the thing just went bust, which is exactly what will happen with Bitcoin. No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think with Bitcoin and Ethereum and all the other tokens out there, I think this is a new thing. And a lot of people who thought that they were um, just nerds are turning out to be millionaires. And multimillionaire. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, it's going to be. Well, of course, it's going to be bumpy for a while. But if for those who have the appetite and a speculative desire, you could make a lot. Well, it's hard now because the tokens are so expensive. But for those who bought them at a hundred bucks, twelve thousand is a good appreciation. Two words: tiny bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of the builders can fund their builds from bitcoins, so they don't keep running out of business <laughs> or running out of running into financial straits. <laughs> Michelle, how's your tiny house going? Um, awesome, awesome. Hi, in a word, in a word. Um, the uh, we are on to staging. We're on to staging and finishing for perch. So that's the the bright. Yeah, my first rental. Um, boy, this is the frustrating. I'm frustrated at many levels, and the first thing is is frustrating all the final detail. All the final details and the stuff that you don't <laughs> expect. Sorry, that was a, a little spit, spit little, in little, the craw. <laughs> All the stuff that you, you know, like it's, it's like $150 for all the hoses and all the parts and the pieces, um, to connect the gas top stove to the gas system, you know, like all that little stuff is just driving me crazy right now. So, but the hideout got, um, wrapped up yesterday, like a Christmas present. So, uh, nice. Very good. Yeah. It's all wrapped and ready to go. So. Um, more specifically, however, and from a larger comment, however, in the tiny house movement and here in Oregon, it's been a very frustrating couple of weeks. It's been really frustrating. So 
I, we've talked about House Bill 2737, yes. which is State of Oregon's version um, of Appendix Q. And they decided not to adopt Appendix Q. They wanted their own personalized version. Um, however, about three weeks ago, we found out that there was this very nefarious bureaucrat who, um, without telling anybody and without noticing, without uh, informing anybody, changed the square footage requirements on House Bill 2737. And it was supposed to be, legit, it was the original intent was 600 square feet or less. Or, of course, it was the tiny house bill. And then they changed it. It was also called the small house bill. Um, this guy or, or a couple of people actually changed it to read 400 square feet, including lofts, to 1,500 square feet. And oh, also changed it to workforce housing. And changed all kinds of stuff, basically completely abandoning the concept of tiny houses and small houses. How do people houses. do that? I mean, they must have had a lobby. Someone lobbying. Yeah, but how does somebody just kind of slip in, change a few words around, and then just step out? It was so shitty. It was so shitty. So we did an all-call a couple weeks ago. Um, We descended on the BCD, the Building Code Division Board. Um, Over 35 people showed up to testify. And basically, what the fuck? Like, and the best... In, in summary, however, at the end, one of the people on the BCD board said to the person that was responsible for making the change, she, in the end, she basically said to him, I have a question. You and your committee were supposed to put together legislation that would allow legalization of small houses, 600 square feet or less. Why didn't you just do that? What did he say? Well, he figured he was trying to make it broader appeal. Um, number one, um, he was trying to make it broader appeal. Number two, he was answering some questions regarding um, the Energy Trust of Oregon had some concerns about efficiencies and energy standards. And it was, it was a big, long bullshit answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, long story short, we did get it changed back. Good. But it was a lot of noise and a lot of bullshit. And Just then, the way government works. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like somebody might have slipped him a 20 to uh, that's change what it from I 600 think. to 1,500. That's what I think. I mean, energy efficient, more efficient at 1,500 than 600? Come on. Come on. And changed the whole name of it to workforce housing. And they yeah. included, wow. they also included businesses. I mean, it was, it was a complete change of scope, which was crappy. And then yesterday, I just got back from Salem again um, for the public testimony version of, because they are still, and it will likely, this part will be included, they're going to include a requirement for automatic sprinkler systems in tiny houses. Oh my goodness. That's going to that's going to stick. In affordable tiny houses. Yes, it looks like it's going to stick. Like and you couldn't you couldn't I could understand that being in a large house where you couldn't get to the fire quick enough, but in a tiny house where a match will set off a fire fire you just need a alarm, bucket of water. I know, or, that's just it's ridiculous. It, it's and ridiculous. It's, and it flies in the face of of affordable because it adds several thousand. You have to get permits. Oh, you, you have do? to get yeah. You have to have it inspected every year, just like you know businesses that have their fire extinguishers inspected. Um, you have to have these systems, of course, specifically designed for your. I mean, it's thousands and thousands. Well, so those don't exist in homes. They don't exist well, in RVs. In some places, places. In some, yeah. well, no, 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 no. In some places, they are they are uh, uh, required, like in apartments. Yes, but in single family. In single-family residential housing, they are not required. So here is their logic. 
So their logic is your most vulnerable position is when you're sleeping, number one. And number two, everybody knows that smoke rises. So their logic is twofold. The logic is you're asleep. There is a fire. The smoke is going to rise into the loft. So this all has to do with loft bedrooms. Yeah. The smoke is going to arise in the loft, right? And then you're going to turn around and you're going to open a window or you're going to open your escape hatch out of the loft. You're going to draw the fire into the loft if you even wake up at all because the, fi- because the smoke has already overcome you. How are you supposed to put in um, a, a water fire extinguishing system if you're off grid? <laughs> Where's the water going to come from? Well, incidentally, um, that is the most, um, that's actually the most common use of um, sprinkler systems in individual residential houses um, in that you all will be required to have tanks. So right now, for instance, if you're in a single family residential home and you don't have access to large quantities of water that would be required to you know, put out your house, fire. you have to have tanks that hold the water to, um, for your suppression system. So unfortunately, I went down to, um, I basically, my testimony was, when my cat sneezes, I wake up. Like, I mean, the tiny house is an entirely different living experience. It's way more, um, you know, intimate mm-hmm. um, on many, many, many levels. You know exactly what's going on in that house. Every bug, every mouse, every animal, every, you know. So so that is discouraging. Um, I'm frustrated, but hopefully, maybe, the, I don't know, maybe the testimony can, can uh, turn it around, but it does wow. not seem likely. Where was Andrew Morrison? Andrew Morrison is in Mexico. Oh, so, okay. so what happened was he was on the committee, of course, that, that helped to write this. Yeah. And they literally waited till he left and then jacked it up. Wow. So he was unable to attend, um, which is part, primarily the reason why I made the time to attend multiple times, to testify multiple times, to elicit other people who cannot attend to write letters. Um, and by the time the show comes out, of course, we'll know that the end result yeah. but it was it was so crappy it was so crappy so speaking of intimate spaces however today we're actually talking to a couple that lives in a uh, another couple that lives in a tiny house and we hear a lot from people that uh, wonder if how well couples get along in tiny houses and how well uh, families get along in tiny houses today we're also we're sort of connecting the dots to some previous conversations we had so we interviewed um, a gentleman by the name of Adam with New Beginning Homes. Yes, we did. Back uh, in spring. And he had a beautiful house that actually got the House of the Award, House house of the Event. It was the Georgia Tiny House Festival. I remember he, that. Yeah, he got the award for that. And then um, again, uh, the name of the house is the Tiffany. And then again, recently, we talked a little bit about the Tiffany. Again, we were talking about bumpy rides earlier with Bitcoin. So remember the bumpy ride we talked about um, on our insurance show? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tiffany had to ride out this uh, hurricane recently. Yes. So this is, an, this is another, this is kind of a dotted line conversation. We're connecting all the dots here and we're actually interviewing today Tim and Sam. They're the new owners of Tiffany. And uh, welcome to the show, Tim and Sam. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for having us. Thanks for sticking around during all that hoo-ha we did. <laughs> yeah, <about>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some house of cards stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. It kind of is. Minus Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Right. Thank God. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And right. many. Right. 
<laughs> so the, my first question to you guys is, uh, well, actually, my my prior to the first question is, are you guys the first <laughs> oh, owners? The, oh. Prior to the first? What I the hell is that? I don't know. I don't question know. zero. Anyway, question sorry, zero, ahead. negative go one. Ahead. All right. Are you guys the first owners of the Tiffany? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we picked it up from Adam probably around six or seven months ago, and Adam lived in it uh, a little bit before that just to make sure that all the bugs were kind of worked out. But yeah, we're first owners of Tiffany, and it's fun. That's a good idea for the builder to live in it for a couple of months and make sure the thing is functional before handing it over, especially if, I'm not saying that this builder did, but especially if they don't live in a tiny house. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, I think it helped especially with having Adam live in it and function with it and uh, kind of got the T's crossed the I's. And I know he changed a couple things once he actually started living in it. Yeah. And, Maybe uh, we should make that a new requirement that yeah. all builders have to live in a yeah. tiny house for six months. <laughs> exactly. Or, or live in their own build so they mm. get a sense of how screw- how they're doing. I like making the airplane owners like eat the food once a week. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so why did you guys pick this tiny house? Cause beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> two or three times, but I saw it once and I was like, we're buying that house. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, that's, that's it. That's our house. Had you looked at other and ones? <laughs> yeah, we, I found it. I actually found it on Craigslist, believe it or not. Wow! And I didn't know anything about it. And uh, I talk, I went and saw it from Adam, and he never even mentioned anything about it being on the show or anything like that, which I thought spoke spoke big big about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I really like the flow of the home, and I we we kind of get that a lot where uh, we have the stairs and the bathrooms on the back and the kitchens in the front and. I think the flow really is what sold me. It was a really good function, and and I think it's I think it's based on the cypress uh, tumbleweed plant. If I remember correctly. Mm. Yeah, I forgot to mention. Actually, it was on Tiny House Big Living, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Adam did. Uh, Adam and his son were were on there, and it, it was kind of weird watching it after <laughs> uh, I've been in it and. And I actually stumbled upon it, and I, so I texted Adam back. I was like, you forgot to mention that you had a show about it. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah. You forgot to mention it's already famous. <laughs> hey, remember we also talked about the removable bathtub. So how often you, We did. How often you use the bathtub these days? Um, it's actually the perfect size for me, so I use it quite a bit. But for the most part... Um, you know, it's not an everyday thing that I take a bath, but it's nice to have. It's really, really nice. It's it's like one of those things where when you don't have the option, you want it more. <laughs> but, yeah. but now that I have the option, I, I don't use it every day. But it's nice. It's nice to have. Cool. So yeah, I mean, it, was actually, it was actually made out of an old telephone pole. One? From Adam. Adam made it all, all by hand. Remember, we talked about it. Remember, and you said, wait a minute, telephone pole. Remember, we yeah, talked about they're so, Yeah, because they're so small yeah. and they... Have all the chemicals and stuff. Yeah, 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 he carved it out of uh, telephone poles. It was pretty. It's wow. pretty amazing. I wow. love it. I mm. love it. So, you guys, I have uh, the, the first question I was going to ask you is, how come there aren't any pictures of you anywhere on your? Uh, and I could be wrong because I've looked at all your Instagram and I've looked at your website and your Facebook. I see one woman who appears to be, and if this is you, don't get upset because I don't know how to say it. She looks like Pan Asian or Southeast Asian or something like that. Um, 
are there any are, are you guys in your picture are, are you guys featured in your your are your, you on the lamb yeah, He's trying you, to oh, yeah what's going on here <laughs> are you in witness protection or what he has to warrant out so he doesn't want his photo on no I'm just kidding no um it's mostly because Tim's always behind the camera so um you know there aren't many photos of him he, he sometimes takes pictures of me but we find that mostly what people want to see is the home um maybe that's just our perception and people want to see our faces but but yeah we, we just like sharing pictures of our home and okay it's a different so thing when it becomes about like taking selfies in our home so so really we just want to share our space and how we use it um that's kind of the long and short of why there aren't really many pictures of us personally i guess we could take more so i'm actually going to sign put you on assignment now so following this show and the next 24 i'll give you 48 hours uh, we want you to actually send a photo. It doesn't even matter if it's a selfie. So we do want to include a photo of your cute little faces uh, with the show. So yeah, make sure and email sure. it to me so we can uh, we can show we can show you off. Done. Okay. Done. Well, tiny house listeners, you've heard another episode. Of- <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys? So what do you guys do for a living? Um, so I'm a, a wholesale lighting rep. So. Um, Put it in perspective. Anywhere you buy a light, I sell to that guy, mm-hmm. and I'm able to work on the west coast of Florida. Um, so I uh, kind of sell to like electrical distributors and uh, showrooms, and Sam's a personal trainer. So it kind of gives us a little flexibility on where we're able to live. And what we we would like to do is typically move once a year to a new city, kind of really explore that uh, city in depth rather than just get like a a week or a month or um, that way we can see the changes in the weather and um, it gives us um, more options as far as being able to work anywhere on the West coast of Florida at this point. That's interesting. Do you, did you guys uh, buy this tiny house with that intention? Uh, yes and no. Um, a lot of it stemmed from, I didn't want to rent and Sam didn't um, want to buy at the time. Um, both of our, well, Sam's lease was up and I was living at my parents' vacation home and they, uh, told me I had to get out. <laughs> so <laughs> they, uh, with it being on wheels, we, I thought of, it kind of sprung last minute. I'm, we're not going to be traveling the country or doing that, but, um, I just don't like sitting in one spot for too long. Rather, that's probably because of my warrants, but. <laughs> but, but, uh, um, it just it, that way we can get different cultures and different people because Florida it, it's a very mixed bag a lot of people think that it's just old people but there's young cities and then there's retirement communities and um, it's just a interesting crowd down here and I just kind of want to get the whole experience now rather than later think oh I wish I would have done that type of thing how, how old are you two? I am 28. I'm 25. Oh, you guys are young. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want yep. to follow up on a question that Perry had asked. So you have this intent to travel with it, although not, you know, not full time, but definitely occasionally move it from here to there. Did you look at other houses? Um, Perry had asked that question. Did you look at other houses? Did you look at smaller ones to give you more mobility? How did that process go? Um, we didn't really look at other tiny homes. So we knew we wanted to live in a small space and what we started out doing was looking at like traditional small homes, just, you know, just a normal home, but 
smaller because we knew we didn't want to, well, me especially, I didn't want a clean space that we weren't using and we didn't want to fill it with crap we didn't need. So we were looking at smaller homes and it kind of like morphed into, well, what about a tiny home? What about a tiny home? We started having that conversation and right off the bat, Tim started doing research on tiny homes and right away he found this one. So really we didn't look at other ones. We kind of found this one, fell in love and just kind of jumped. So, um, Short answer, no, we really didn't look at anything else. Well, Tim, how did you, how did you find out about tiny homes? Um, I've always, uh, obviously the TV show helped tremendously as far as, you know, airing it on, on, on cable, but it's always kind of been in the back of my head. And I, we wrote about this in our blog, but it was uh, kind of like a, wouldn't it be cool scenario? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wanted to, at this point in my life, um, make that or make make that wouldn't it be cool as let's just do this and see what comes out of it um and so sam mentioned tiny homes and i kind of passed it passed it along and thought about it and then quick google search and started ocd about it and mm-hmm. drowned myself into the research to be able to figure something out and uh i just knew it was right and we, we thought it was um you know kind of a at this point in our life where it's the time to do it, you yeah, know, that makes sense. And, and are you, yeah. are you, uh, are, does your tiny, is your tiny house self-sustaining or do you have to have electric and, uh, uh water hookup? No. So we, we talked about, um, doing solar and holding tanks and all that stuff, but it's just not feasible. It's, um, we don't have anything like that. So we're not even capable of being off grid. And the reason for that is that, you know, our electric bill is 20, 30 bucks a month. So it's hard to justify spending X amount on solar panels or holding tanks yeah. and all that stuff when it's cheaper to just hook up somewhere and live a year here, live a year there in an RV park and with more traditional hookups. So we thought about it and that, that's definitely a long-term goal. But for right now, it just makes more financial sense to, to have more traditional hookups. But is it, is it, I'm, 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 Go ahead. And I'm personally a, a worrier. So being able to have standard RV hookups, um, I think uh, with the movement being so kind of wishy-washy in a gray area, can, can you have it here? Can you not have it here? Um, there's RV parks everywhere, especially in Florida. And I, that kind of helped me settle in being, oh, well, I could sell it to sell the idea of a tiny home to an RV park is look at standard RV hookups going to be exactly what you're used to um you know it brings in revenue for you because it's a novelty and having those rv parks pretty much anywhere kind of made more sense to us as far as other than financially not having an off-grid tiny home so so you've experienced as you've lived in this so far no difficulty finding a place to stick it um no we we had some difficulty uh, that's for sure. Um, I, it was basically just cold calling RV parks, um, and seeing which ones accepted it and, and kind of selling them on the idea of, Hey, this is an extra revenue for you guys. This, it's a novelty. I mean, you, you'd be surprised on how many people come to this RV park that we're at now just to see the home because they see it on TV. They want to really? see a person. So um, that's the, that's kind of the go-to-market strategy I had on 
I'm trying to find a place. And uh, we thought about buying land, but then it kind of defeats our purpose of traveling from place to place. Mm -hmm. And uh, we stumbled upon the, the grounds that we're at now. And it, it's been cool because uh, just like the tiny community, there's an RV community and there's a little tribe there. And I think that's what appealed to us mm. as far as sticking to that. Mm -hmm. Most people don't refer to their attempt to find parking as a go-to-market I know. He talks like a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> My go-to-market. That's uh, Although that sounds like something I would say definitely too. That's funny. Yeah. I'm the sales guy. Yeah, exactly. So in Florida, I just got back from Florida pretty recently. And uh, yeah, there are some of the RV parks that you can definitely tell. Like they draw the line. And this is just my drive-by, my drive-by expertise mm -hmm. here. Um, you can tell that they sort of draw the line at like, okay, million dollars and above only, <laughs> you know. And uh, if, you know, you can see the million dollar buses and the, and the Airstreams and the really, really, really high-end RVs, RVs. And so... Um, yeah, it, it seems like a, a logical, um, assumption that you have an RV park and you have pickup, you know, and of course they're going to want my money, but a lot of them have very, very, very strict aesthetic yeah. requirements. Yeah. 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 Especially, especially yeah, down never, there. We, yeah. We, we particularly, um, kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say judge cause it's a bad word, but, um, <laughs> knew what was kind of in our budget. And, uh, you know, like you said, some of those million dollar RV parks, it, it's not economical for us to pay $1,200 just to park there. Yeah. Um, we're, you know, we're in a pretty good location, we pay 400 bucks a month and it, it covers everything but mm -hmm. electricity. And did you and know it's that nice. it's a nice park, it's privately owned. So, you know, they do background checks, so it's safe and there's, you know, quiet time is 10 p.m. and I wake up at 4 a.m. every day because I'm a personal trainer. So that's nice for me. Like when it's quiet time, it's very quiet. And, you know, there's a good variety. There's pop-ups, there's tents, there's RVs, yes, there's us. Other tiny homes are looking at coming here. So I, I really feel like we've hit the jackpot with this specific RV park that we're in. Did you know that 50% of the Florida residents are transient? They don't live there? Yeah, they uh, travel from uh, Florida or from New York. Isn't mm -hmm. that amazing? Mm -hmm. Imagine fifty percent yeah. of your population like moving you know, out, mm -hmm. moving out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So snowbirds and whatnot. Mm -hmm. However, this time of year it should be packed. Oh yeah, winter time is <laughs> yeah. coming. Yeah, traffic yeah. is getting a little bit bigger. And um, I'm originally from Cleveland, so um, we're transients here. Also, it's kind of the number one question you ask someone when you first meet them. So where are you from? No, <laughs> really from here. But yeah, it's, it's getting, it's getting busy. So how packed in are you at this, this site? Is there room between you and the next people? Um, as of right now? Yes. So the first few months that we got here, we were very lucky because in the summertime, that's kind of off season because it's warm up North as well. So everybody's at home. And then, so now that it's, getting colder up north everybody's starting to trickle down mm -hmm. so as of right now we have neighbors on one side i guess and then the other two sides will fill in for sure but right this second we've only got one neighbor it will fill up but um right now it's pretty quiet which is nice mm. yeah and, and we're spread out pretty far like i have a truck and sam has a, a little sedan and i mean we have no problem parking next to our home and mm -hmm. 
there's plenty of breathing space where it's not like they're on you. Okay. Yeah, we're not starting packs, yeah, thankfully. Yeah. So you mentioned that some people, you know, of course, like to drive by and like to come see your house. Um, so number one, does the RV park really appreciate the additional traffic, shall we say? And then number two is, how do you handle it? Um, those of us in the tiny house movement that live in tiny houses is very often that we'll get this random knock on the door from someone that says, can I see your tiny house? Which is really odd because people don't do that to normal houses. <laughs> Um, yeah. So how do you handle that? I mean, um, probably everybody in your RV park wanted to see it immediately. And, um, what's your experience with that? Yeah. So the, the RV park actually has a social media page for the park itself. And they, they feature our house a lot. They've got, um, the HGTV magazine flipped open to the page that our house is on up in the office. You know, they definitely, um, featured our home and have put a spotlight on it because it, it's new and it's fun and it's tiny houses are a novelty right now. So they've definitely um, kind of put a focus on us and we, we've got a tiny house and other tiny houses are welcome. It's um, just like Tim said, it's, it's a source of revenue for them and they've definitely taken advantage of that, which is great. It's a very smart thing to do, um, especially because so many um, tiny house people need somewhere to put their homes and are not sure what to do. So, um, yeah, they've definitely taken advantage of it in the best way possible. So, so they've handled it really well. Um, as for, as for people knocking on our door, we, we do get that quite a bit. And, um, you know, we're both friendly people, so it's tough to say no sometimes, but, um, there's been, there's only been a couple of instances where people have knocked and, you know, Tim's too nice to say no. And I'm, you know, in my PJs upstairs, there's only been a couple of those. Um, but once or twice with the evil eye at him and he kind of got the message that, you know, right now is not a good time. We, we, we're not giving tours today. Um, initially when we moved in, we did get a few people who knock, knock, can we see your house and all the ladies and, you know, even the guys are like, Oh, I watched the, the HGTV show. I love all the tiny houses. And I'm like, well, everybody watches this show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really entitle you to come into my house. So, so we've gotten a bit of that. And, um, you know, uh, the, the manager of the park has been really awesome about, you know, just kind of putting in, in perspective, like if someone were, if someone that you didn't know were to knock on your house, uh, on your front door and be like, Hey, can I see your house? I really like it. You would think they were a crazy person yeah. and say, absolutely not. Yeah. He's done a really great job of kind of letting people know this is our full time home. We live here and it's really not okay for you to kind of barge in on our privacy. So kind of how we've handled that is to set up a tour time. So we've put, um, we've kind of created an event like, oh, everybody in the park, because these people are curious and we're very open to answering questions and showing our home because we love it and it's beautiful. And we do want people to see it and understand what kind of what tiny living is about. So we're open to it, but we do live here. So we've got a set limit and we've created an event and we've, you know, made people, aware that we're going to give a tour on this day from this time to this time. And if you miss it, you miss it. So people have, um, they've kind of stopped knocking now that we've put that together, which is with Tim's idea. And it's a fantastic idea. It kind of stops the knocking completely, which is nice. So um, have you started? So I uh, recently saw a social media post from someone else that was having um, a similar issue. And what they've actually done is they've actually created a billboard a small sign. It's like a sandwich board that they park in front of their house. 
that says, um, Go you know, away. well, they put a link. <laughs> 35 bucks. <laughs> ahead. Well, that was, that's actually, you're jumping ahead to my next Sorry. part of my question. No, that's okay. Um, the first thing is, um, yes, we live here. No, don't bother us, but we are nice enough to give tours. Here's the time of the day and date of the next tour. They literally have a sandwich board, like in front of their house. Um, but I, that's my next question. So I personally charge one bottle of red wine per person. Do per you tour. really? I do. <laughs> there you um, go. I actually <laughs> I like do because I, I can't like bring myself to actually charge them. I do dinner for two in the tiny, which is different. That's a hundred bucks for two people and I cook them dinner and it's a, wow. it's a whole different experience. How many people take that offer? Um, I probably had about a dozen. Good grief. B&B yeah. in a tiny. Wow. Oh yeah. my God. So it's, it's again, this is a hundred dollars for two people to eat dinner in my tiny house. Yeah. I cook them dinner. Yeah, yeah. It's a three course meal of their choice. It includes wine. Of their choice. Yes. Well, the, and do they like Italian? Do they oh, want China? You know, are they vegan or are they gluten free? Do they like Chinese food? I you guess know? you do got to give them a choice. Right. <laughs> in Portland. You're eating meat, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and then that also includes the tour. So they have two hours to ask me anything, of course, about the house during the, it's super fun. That it's, sounds fun, actually. Mm -hmm. It is actually a lot yeah. of fun. Um, anyways, my my question is, do you charge anyways. yet? And if not, why not? Anyways. <laughs> no, I, I haven't. It is, it, I think we might now. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know uh, I didn't know that was a thing. So, I, yeah, for sure I'm going to come up with something. <laughs> I mean, maybe, a, maybe a shot or something. Exactly. Every, every, every person that comes in, you got to bring a shot, maybe. One little airline, and it's and it's very specific. It is one bottle of red per person. Bring the so, whole family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so none of this couple people show up. <laughs> bring me right. one bottle. That's right. Because I I figured that out the first time uh -huh. because they bring one bottle and then drink it all, and then we all drink it all. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like. This is not BYOW. Then you got to leave some behind. Now she's advertising in the Mormon Church newsletter. <laughs> exactly. So I mentioned in your introduction, <clears throat> and we're gonna. Uh, I'd love for you. I discussed briefly in our insurance show about the hurricane and and how you handled that. And your if your blog didn't go viral at that point, I'd be really surprised because there was a lot of us that were talking about it and checking in on you, and so. Do you want to tell us that story um, about the hurricane and and what you did and how well it fared or didn't fare? And uh, also, I'd love to hear what I didn't see on the blog, and I'd love to hear was the perspective of your neighbors and the other RVs. How did your tiny house hold up or not um, as opposed to your neighbors? Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, thanks for thanks for reading it and supporting us. That's, uh, it was a tough time for us um, knowing that you have a, one of the largest hurricanes in Florida coming at your house. And, uh, so it, it really started, I was hiking, um, in Ansel Adams wilderness with my father. It was his first backpacking trip and it was kind of like a father son thing. And so we were out there for about five days and, and, um, I had another three days in California after that for a, a conference with, um, for work. So I was going to be out there for about a week and, and, um, as soon as I got out to um, actually get some phone reception, my, my buddy Zach uh, texted me. He says, hey, man, what are you doing for the hurricane? And I texted him back. I said, I, I said something along the lines of, like, what hurricane? <laughs> and uh, um, so then I started searching and Googling it and 
and, and finding out that it was something pretty serious. So um, I worked with my brother, Ryan, and he, it, it was me and him going out to that conference. And so when I was trying to find, uh, find out what we needed to do for the home, because we're um, transients, like you, like you mentioned earlier, we, we've never been through a, a hurricane of that, that status. And, uh, um, so Ryan, Ryan kind of stayed at the conference for me and, and, and kind of helped me out with getting travel plans back to, um, the home in order to prep a little bit. And, uh, originally I, I asked Sam to check the bottom of the trailer for D rings. And we were under the impression that, uh, they did have D rings already placed and welded on to the trailer but there's just some miscommunication there so uh it ended up being not on our uh trailer at all so Oops. we first had to in my in my getting from california to back to florida i i was able to make a bunch of phone calls and and find a uh portable welder guy which i didn't know was a thing um <laughs> but he had a a a was able to weld D rings onto our trailer at a uh, astronomical price, knowing that we were desperate. So that was always oh, fun. I'm sorry. And um, then my 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 second my second plan B or was to oh we'll we'll put it in a storage unit, and we didn't we weren't able to find a storage unit that one would accept our home um, based off the size of oh. uh, the storage units around here um, are just you know, ironically, just, I have too much shit in my house here. I need a whole nother unit to place it. It wasn't more of along the lines of a, a, a big building or structure. Well, they don't have 14 so foot doors. Typically they don't have oh, 14 foot doors. The, yeah. the doors, you can't mm-hmm. fit it through the door. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, the ones that did have, uh, uh, uh high enough ceilings were, uh, taken up, whether it was, uh, I got creative and started calling, uh, boat warehouses, uh, I reached out to other tiny home builders in the area, knowing that they would have a warehouse and everyone was, was going pretty crazy and, and, uh, it just wasn't working our way. So luckily I had the D rings on and I, I said, well, as soon as I get back, I'll, 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 I'll get the anchors and tie it down and we'll be good to go at least. Um, it was, it, we also looked at transportation companies cause we don't have, uh, the equipment to actually move our home. Our home weighs about 15,000 pounds. So not the, it's not the lightest and it's not the heaviest, but it's just a little bit too much for us. And, uh, everybody will want to tow us out, out of the state because they were trying to make plans for their cells. It was, you know, I think they calculated it to be the largest evacuation in Florida history. Wow. So everyone was moving and, uh, um, so I got back, Sam got kind of our, our food and prepped. And, uh, in the meantime, my brother, uh, luckily, um, thank God to him. He set us up with travel arrangements. Worst comes to worst. If we have to leave, I uh, will fly it back to Cleveland. My parents live there. So we were like, well, we'll just go as far North as we can. And, uh, so I got back and by the time I got to the, they call it like mobile depot or something like that, or. Um, they, they didn't have anchors cause everybody uh, decided to buy those for the hurricane. So 
Uh, I had about, I think it was like four, 24 to 48 hours, I want to say, before it actually made landfall. So most of, most of the supplies were depleted. Um, to give you perspective, a gallon of water was going for $10. Wow. Um, so if you had it uh, and were selling it, it was something that was just not feasible for us. The supply would cost, I forgot what it was, it was like 20 bucks a sheet or something like that. Something I, I forget, but just something that wasn't going to happen. So uh, we couldn't find anchors. We couldn't, uh, um, so those D ring, those, those overpriced D rings are kind of useless and, uh, uh, we couldn't find plywood and, uh, we just kind of left it here and prayed. Had you thought thought about just driving it out? Yeah. So with, with the transportation, we would have needed a transportation company and no one was willing to, to drive it out. Um, out of state for us because they had to worry kind of up their family or, or whatever the case was. We just got a bunch of no's. Okay. Um, it was, it was too soon type of thing. Cause by the time they were to drive it to a safe place, um, or what they uh, uh, calculated is safe, they, it, it, they wouldn't have enough time to come back and do what they needed to do for, for themselves. So it. it's kind of a free for all. It, it was a really weird thing to go through in general, outside of being a tiny home. Um, but it was pretty scary. And the only thing we really did to prep for it was um, just kind of some like hurricane myths, like taping the windows, which we found out after is absolutely useless. So we wasted <laughs> a good hour doing that, but it made me feel a little bit better, I guess. And then we, we take, we took my truck, which is ironically pretty much the stop, the, the length of our home and pushed it to the, uh, or drove it to one side of the home. So if debris hit it, um, it would hit the truck, hopefully, because we aren't insured. Um, and uh, really the only thing that we worry about in Florida is, you know, hurricane damage. I'm not really worried about thefts or anything like that for insurance, but um, they don't. we don't get that coverage. But my truck does, so hopefully um, that was going to take a hit. And so we went to Cleveland and we actually kind of did some stuff just to get our mind off of what was going on. Cause we really weren't sure it's, it's kind of weird to, to think about everything we own in such a small place could be gone. Uh, but luckily it, it, it held through the hurricane by the time it got to us, it was a category one. So kind of just like a tornado winds. I mean, it was, it was still pretty bad, but the only thing that really happened was a big branch fell about inches away from our house. That would have done some real damage, but we got, we got extremely lucky. Hmm. Would have been cool to ride that thing out inside the tiny house. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah we thought about it. I, I did hook up a deer cam to see what it looked That's like. Yeah. In, inside that little, some interesting footage. Inside, I don't know if I would have stayed. Inside yeah. that little, that little telephone tub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of the, the same story for other people in the RV park as well. A lot of these people have, um, have D-rings welded onto their RVs just because half the people who, oh, more than half, I mean, like probably 80% of the people who live here, when we live here half the year, they're snowbirds. Mm-hmm. And a good portion of those people just leave their rig here and slide down back and forth between their home and here. So it was just a lot of hassle to, to drive an RV 24 hours from wherever they're from up north. Uh, so a lot of people just leave their rigs here mm-hmm. and 
it was kind of the same idea where they just kind of locked it down as they could and strapped down whatever small items were outside and packed up and got the heck out of Dodge and just hoped and prayed. So it was a very stressful few days. I got pretty drunk that first day just because my anxiety was through the roof. So um, it was crazy. It was madness. Well, thank you so much for that story. That was very a very good story to end it on. And um, glad you guys made it through unscathed. And in um, speaking to the tiny house audience, thank you so much for listening to another show. Rick McNerney, thanks for making it sound so good. And uh, tune in next week because we're going to have another one. Uh, happy, are we in the spring with our schedule? Right. We're happy Valentine's Day, maybe. Yeah, right yep. around there, right? Yep. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And uh, so tune in next week. We'll have another great show and we will see you on the flip side. Bye. Namaste. See ya. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com where you will also find our show notes if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever, you tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. Thank you.